Hey everybody, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us, all you good people, for this conversation around good. I'm Tracy Zerden with Made Possible By, and we make uh, sponsorship easy for community-minded businesses, and we help share their stories of good. And I'm really looking forward to sharing this amazing uh, panel of community activists, people who believe in their community or actively involved in their community. So I'm not going to waste any time. Uh, we are recording this today, so everybody be on your best behavior. I'm talking to you, Hetty. No, not talking to you, Hetty. Um, so we're going to go around and everybody introduce yourself. Just give us a 60 second uh, breakdown of what makes you so cool and throw in your quarantine um, go-to snack. I've never been an ice cream person, but for some reason, hot fudge is my thing. But thankfully, you don't have to eat ice cream to eat hot fudge. I like it with peanut butter or I was tempted to put it on broccoli yesterday. I, I don't care. I'll just eat hot fudge. So oh, whatever is your uh, quarantine snack go-to, let us know. Uh, let's start. Hetty, you're at the top corner. So let's go with you, Hetty. Yep. So I'm Hetty Coleman. I'm a pastor at North Church Guthrie, also one of the co-founders of Made Possible By. I love building community around conversation. So this is ideal for me. What's your snack? Uh, anything sweet, whatever I can find in the kitchen that it add more weight to me. Seems <laughs> like what I'm finding right now. So uh, everybody's experiencing that. What it was it the freshman 15? We're going to have the quarantine 15 these days. I get it. Hannah, talk to us about you. My name is Hannah Schmidt. I'm sorry, you probably hear my um, kids in the background. <laughs> um, being super professional. Um, I own a co-working space in Oklahoma City called The Treasury, and we provide women with resources and relationships that they need to succeed. Um, so a workspace, but also events and programs to help them learn and connect. Um, my favorite quarantine snack, I wish I had something fun and exciting, but really I've just been eating whatever my kids are eating. I have like, you know, Teddy Grahams and goldfish, uh, always within reach. Um, so uh, that's about it. The crust off their sandwiches. I don't know. I, I <laughs> haven't been like, you know, making myself anything. It's all about them. So. I understand. That's great. Well, the quarantine has redefined what professional is. So children in the background is completely acceptable. So no worries at all. <laughs> Gary, let's go to you. My name is Gary Mize, and I'm the state representative for House District 31, which includes uh, most of Guthrie. And then I have my own business. Um, and quarantine snack, I'd I have been eating a lot of pistachios, um, but I'm a creature of habit. So I, I was doing that before and, and it hasn't changed, but I got to say the quarantine, I have, uh, I've actually lost 15 pounds during the, during the quarantine. Wow. That's impressive. Do you think well, it's not at the Capitol being fed all the time? Like they do. I, I had it to lose. We'll just, We'll just say that. I, it, it's been kind of a conscious effort. <laughs> okay. Well, good job. Good job. Thank you. Andrea, tell us all your good. 
All of it? Okay. <laughs> My name is Andrea Fillmore, and I like to tell people I'm a practical encourager, and I'm on a mission to help you get your yay back. Love that. Um, I, I want people to be encouraged, but also have practical tools to apply in their day-to-day -day life. And I do that mostly through a podcast called And Grace Fills. So please check it out and let me know if it's helpful for you. Um, I also work full-time in fundraising at Huff Ear Institute, which is a medical research nonprofit. And we are creating medicines that will help restore people's natural hearing. Uh, my specialty at Huff Ear Institute is crafting compassionate communication. So a lot of writing, um, a lot of writing and some more writing uh, and editing. And I also do kind of events as well, which are fully canceled forever. So not forever, not forever. <laughs> not forever, just feels like forever. It does, <laughs> it does. What's your snack? Oh yeah. Um, like the same snack as always, it's just I'm eating more of it. Uh, chips, salsa, and guacamole. Mm. All day, every day. I'm yeah. buying avocados by the case. I, I get that. You're, you're like my husband, my husband does that. I feel like I need to social distance from my refrigerator right now. It's been, <laughs> It's been bad. I will say that I love your podcasts and your social media posts. If I need a yay moment, I go find you. So you do a great job with that. Thank, Thank you. Gracie. Thank you. Sure. All right, Les, what you got going on besides shoes? Okay. Uh, my name is Les Thomas. Uh, I'll be married for 20 years next month. Ooh. And, uh, Yes, I know I don't look like it. I mean, you know, I know I look young, but uh, <laughs> but I have a we have a son that's 21 and a daughter that's 18. Our son is in college. Our daughter, 18, she's a senior at Heritage Hall, and um, they're my greatest accomplishment of anything I'm about to say. Um, but I am retired Air Force, uh, so I serve Operation Enduring Freedom and Iraqi Freedom. Uh, did 20 years at the Air Force. I am the the game day host for the Oklahoma State University. You know, I don't know what side y'all on, but you know, let's go pokes with me. And uh, <laughs> I'm an artist, I'm a Christian artist. I have a few albums out. I'm working on my final album right now. And I'm a, a campus coordinator for Youth for Christ. And um, been doing that for, I've been full-time for about two years. And uh, I served part-time with Youth of Christ for about 10. So I've been doing a little over 10. And I just have a huge heart for the community. I mean, I'm an inner-city kid myself. And so I, I really think that's what it came from. And from that, and my mom served a lot. You know, she used to drag me. Some people, some parents drugged them, you know, was dragging them to church. My mom was dragging me to community events to help out because uh, she knew what it was like to be single and needing help. So it uh, just instilled, instilled in me from a young age. And that's a little bit about me. There you go. I saw your picture on social media of your um, anniversary of leaving uh, military. So thank you. Yes. That was a great picture, too. That was awesome. Thank you. Hey, share us your snack. Uh, my snack, uh, it's been ice cream, kind of like you, Tracy, but I'm going to have to drop this big one. Pepsi has been my drink all my life. I have switched to Coke. I have been drinking Coke every day. Oh, every day. Word. Oh, my word. I, yeah. Quarantine is messing everybody up. Everybody. <laughs> uh, 
what does it look like for the next generation to give back to their communities? You said you've been working, you work with youth, uh, you're at the University of OSU. Um, what, what does it look like for them to give back to their community? Okay, now what I'm about to say may shock people a little bit um, because we're talking about millennials, which they have been tagged with the mindset of being very selfish or about me, myself, and I. Um, but I'm going to say something different because we may have we may have went through that season of millennials uh, being about me, myself, and I, um, like the song. But what I'm seeing is I, I'm seeing from my young people where it seems like career is not as important, and now they're starting to be the the front runners for the community. Like mm -hmm. when you, whenever you go to someone uh, like a nonprofit place or where people can volunteer you're starting to see the young people take charge. You know, it's almost like the generation before me, it was hard work. You just go to work, you put food on the table, and that's it. Then we went to the generation of, well, we need to start, you know, freedom of speech, freedom of this, freedom of that. And so you went through that, and then you get to the millennials, and it's like it's about me, myself, and I. But now we are seeing millennials lead the charge in the community. Um, I think one of the best things that happened and in uh, America is uh, universities and high schools started requiring the students to have community service. Yeah. Now that right there, I think what we're starting to do is we're starting to see the fruit from that because they're starting to see the importance of helping others out, you know? And so I would say that it seemed like there seemed, seemed to be less concerned with uh, money and things like that. And they're saying now, what can I do to help the community, the, the heart, there's something that's happening um, in the atmosphere, especially in Oklahoma, where we're starting to see that, you know, um, the heart for the city is like really increasing. And I, when I say I love it, because when, I mean, I'm, I'm 41. So just 20 years ago, a little over 20 years when I was in high school, it seemed like we didn't have a lot of nonprofit organizations. We didn't have a lot of um, um, different programs coming into the school, but now, there's so many there's so many nonprofit organizations and I believe that is because the, the the heart to help people are increasing. So I would say on my end, what I'm seeing is I'm seeing young people that starting to say, you know what, it's not just about me, or if I do make it, how can I come back? And I I'll, and I really think that has a lot to do with um serving in the school, having so many uh community service hours, and they're not afraid to get their hands dirty. That's awesome. like the fear the fear is leaving a little bit, you know, like, you know, we, even now, like I've met more neighbors since we've been dealing with the pandemic than ever. And like, even in my neighborhood, I live in a neighborhood where there's a lot of, a lot of older, older people, but now it's starting to be a lot of young people coming back here and I live by the Capitol. And I'm just noticing that the fear is kind of going away. And I just think that that's playing a huge role. So I'm seeing a generation of, of young people that's not afraid to get their hands dirty. And they're saying, you know what, we're going to lead the charge and impact in the next generation in the community. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, I also want to say any of your attendees, if you want to, if you have a question that you want to ask our panelists, feel free to do it in the chat box. Um, when we have time at the end, we'll go back to that. Panelists, do you have anything else that you want to add to that? I know that that's something that we've seen it made possible by that uh, the younger generation not just only wants to give back to their community, but they want to work for companies that are giving back to their community. They want yes. everything of their life to be in some way contributing 
Do you guys have anything to add to that? I, I do, just real quick. I think that's um, predominantly because it, that generation of people is looking at what am I going to do for the rest of my life? What am I going to spend the most time doing? Well, for most of us, that's work. And they are making the trade, which is fine, which is a good trade, but they're making a trade to do something that is fulfilling. Yes. And, and the trade is instead of pursuing the almighty dollar, I'm pursuing fulfillment and finding the, the happy medium. Uh, and sometimes it works out that, that, you know, the money follows the passion. So, you know, oftentimes it does, but uh, there's been a shift, I think, with that younger generation to say, hey, if I'm going to spend the majority of my life doing this, I'm going to believe in it. And that's, I think that's a good thing. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, John, I see that you're back there. We missed you for uh, during our introductions. Can you give us a 60 second introduction of you and tell us your go to quarantine snack? Tracy, thank you so much. And everybody, uh, I watched the Saturday Night Live thing where uh, in, in the real world, it was it'd be as if I walked up and disappeared three times during this call. It's been great. Um, so needless to say, I am excited about not getting the quarantine 15. I'm gonna try to get the quarantine five. And so uh, with the quarantine five, my go-to is gonna be uh, Epic Apples or I Envy, Envy Apples, specifically Envy Apples uh, and, and almond butter uh, all day. Like that's, that's my deal, it's boring. Shake them haters off. Uh, it's, it's just, it is wonderful and I love it, it's fantastic. Um, but my name is John Bob Simple. I uh, am pleased to work with the Regional Food Bank of Oklahoma. Uh, I've been there about seven and a half years. I uh, serve as Senior Director of Community Impact. My job is to make sure that our network serves more people and more people better. Uh, how do we do that? That means we've got to help build their capacity to see the client, see the challenge that they have, and accomplish our number one task, and that's to feed the line and shorten the line. Um, outside of that, my work is uh, to help build bridges in our community. I'm, I'm passionate about it within the, the food insecurity space, and I'm passionate about it in my neighborhood and people around us. Uh, I get to run uh, with uh, some of the most amazing folks trying to help uh, bridge uh, both racially and generationally uh, our community and make sure Oklahoma City and the metro area and places like Guthrie America uh, look that much better and that much further down the road than anywhere else in the country because I choose to be here so I want to make this all it can be. Awesome. awesome. If you ever get a chance to hear John speak take it. I've heard him. You want to do it. So just, Hey, y'all, if you ever want to get a chance to be more inspired to be a better human, better parent, better believer, my friend Tracy goes hard in the paint. So Tracy, <laughs> oh my goodness. I am so pleased to even get that type of compliment. So yeah. Oh, well, tell you, tell you. Uh, so John and Andrea, I'm going to give you our next question. Um, Andrea, I'm going to have you um, so you guys both work in the nonprofit world, which is a hard space to be in, in good times, let alone in bad times. Um, what would it be like without your corporate sponsors? Would life even be possible? Andrea, why don't you start us up? No. 
answer is no. Um, the nonprofit space, fundraising specifically is what I do. And so it's a big mix of individuals and companies. And you have to have both. And so without that, A, the when funding is cut to nonprofits, their effectiveness is cut and the community suffers as a whole. So absolutely, we have to have uh, support on a company level. I think, you know, I can tell you all the reasons why I need it, but if it's gone, you also lose the influence that you have in the community as a company, as a city leader, um, as a lot of these companies are board members for nonprofits. So you lose not just the nonprofit doesn't just lose the money, they lose the uh, partnership, the relationship, they lose the uh, ability to do a lot of their work, the community suffers and really like the businesses really suffer as well because they don't have the influence that they need to do the, their best work as a company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Andrea. I totally see that. John, do you have something to add to that? You know, I do. It's, it's so interesting. Uh, other than the fact that we couldn't do what we do without uh, our, our, our corporate partners, uh, the truth is that it is a, it's a relationship. Oftentimes, they're looking to demonstrate their values uh, and being able to facilitate a message both to new employees uh, and, and saying, hey, this is what's important to us as a company. And so as a company, they oftentimes give and they're able to lead the way in that way. Uh, secondly, I think uh, it's an opportunity for employees who are all individuals a part of that company to say, hey, let's collectively do something special. Uh, I oftentimes think of government as, as the thing that we do together, right, for everybody. I think in a corporation, oftentimes it can be very similar. The thing that we believe together is corporations betting out opportunities and saying, hey, you all, if we want to live, have employees that live in a vibrant community that's whole and healthy, we've got to be able to invest in the things that make that soil flourish. And so I think that we couldn't do what we do without them in that way. Uh, and I, I think in some ways they couldn't do parts of what they do without us. Uh, one of the things that I think is so powerful is the way that they are um, leading the way in the community to say this is something worthwhile. So they're matching uh, campaigns that, that say, hey, we're going to put dollars down. Will you all join us in this? That's a way to signal the value of something and the importance of something. Uh, when it comes down to creating spaces for them to uh, work together and, and team up on something. So volunteering becomes a, a way for them to synergize and to, to grow together uh, and to build relationships. I think that's a huge opportunity and something that we, quite honestly, I mean, last year alone, we're talking about 42, 43, 44,000 uh, volunteers. 44,000 volunteers without our corporate partners, it wouldn't be possible. The thing I'd like to jump back to also uh, when we were dis discussing um, about uh, youth volunteers, uh, one of the things that I love to see is the fact there's a connection point. Uh, Representative uh, from Guthrie, Gary, you know, it's amazing. I love to be able to see 
when our state representatives or our legislature come out to do something, they say, hey, this is valuable, come and join me. The same way works for corporations whenever they, we have times where their kids come out and join them to volunteer together. What are they doing? They're saying to kids, this is valuable and important. So what starts off as a corporate commitment becomes an employee commitment, becomes a family commitment. That family commitment starts to manifest itself into furthering generations. Why? Because they say, hey, we're going to put money down on scholarships for kids who volunteer in the community. Hey, we're going to want to work to make sure that our policies that we pass as a, as a community ensure that kids are flourishing, that families are flourishing, that our individuals are flourishing. Now, that's not to put every business in the same pot. They all do these in different ways. It might look like marketing for some. Uh, certain causes may not be the same cause as other companies have, but I think there is a responsibility that our businesses have to demonstrate the value of these things because it sends a signal to our, our, our community around us to say, man, this is valuable and important. We wanna get behind you. So I think there's a, uh, an ecosystem uh, and we're all being added to, and, and it's not just the dollar that's donated, it's the full cycle uh, of that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I love the volunteer hours thing, and I know that you see that a lot at the food bank with uh, different companies coming in, bringing whole groups in to do things. I think people forget about the volunteer aspect of it, and it all comes down to dollars. But I think the volunteer, like you said, unites people as well. Anybody have any thoughts? Go ahead. Sorry, John. Go ahead. No, no, y'all know me. I get excited. We can keep going. So please. <laughs> Anybody? Okay. Representative Gary Mize, let's jump to you. Um, as a civic leader, tell us about the impact or importance that you see of businesses giving back. And also, as a business owner, how do you see that as being important? Well, Andrea and John Bob actually hit on some of this already. It, it communicates, well, it's vision, right? So really what he just explained um, in, in that process is you're communicating the vision of a community what's important to us and we're actually doing it, we're living it out, right? So I can, I can sit people down and, and, and tell them what the vision is or what I would like the vision to be or I can live it out. Um, but I think to give you a real life example, yesterday we're, we're handing out groceries in, in Guthrie um, and Hetty had called and asked if I wanted to participate and I said yes, but when I got there, I see uh, Maggie and Billy Clark. They're over there doing the deal. She just recently opened her business up in the community, and that communicates a couple of different things. But it, you know, I don't, and I don't know which one's most important. But what I thought of, she's not a taker, although she's in the community and she's mm -hmm. earning a living in you know off the people of that community. It, it shows that she's not just there to take and earn a living. This is, this is her life. This is who she is. This is what she wants to do. And that communicates a number of different things. She's willing to help those people, whether they do business with her or not. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's just all so intertwined 
And those are, that is the, those are the threads that create the fabric that creates community. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, Andrea said it, John Bob said it, you have to, you have to have that because it's everyone operating in their specific silo doing their part. And, and when that happens, the product is, is community. Um, but I, I think what's, what's most important uh, as a business owner in, in doing so, um, it, there's an element of stewardship there. So Hetty said, you know, calls me and says, Hey, I'm, I got this coming up. Can you either volunteer or can you, you know, provide some uh, funding? I, you know, I just kind of see it as it, it's a, it's an obligation really. Um, and I'm, and I'm fine with it being an obligation to him who much is given, much is required. Let him who has to give to him who has none. You know, I've, I've certainly been blessed beyond what I deserve. And, uh, I'm, I'm happy to give back. But I think if, if you look at what is a differentiator for this, the communities in Oklahoma and Oklahoma as a state, I think it's just that idea of community and, and buy-in. Right, we we mean it. We live it out. So this is who we are. This is what we do. Absolutely, that's we're known as the Oklahoma standard. That's just how we roll here, and that's exciting that we, we get to be a part of that. And yeah. Anybody have anything that they wanted to add to that? Okay, Hannah. I want to talk to you for a minute. If you, I don't know if you heard at the beginning, everybody, she was coming a little bit in and out on my end. Hannah started um, the Treasury, which is a co-working space in Oklahoma City that's focused on helping female founders. I know it's so cool. Um, we were actually scheduled to do this um, there, <laughs> and we're hoping to get back to a place to where we can do that again. So thank you, Hannah, for joining us. But tell us a little bit about um, your community at the Treasury and as far as giving back and maybe some of the ways that you do it as a business owner, because it might look different in your environment because you're around a bunch of female founders and they're just getting started. But how are they able to do that or how do you do that? Yeah, so <clears throat> and I hope that we can host you in person at some point. But um, I think a really important element for us from the very beginning was um, not as much monetary as just encouraging women to give their time and their energy to other women specifically, uh, which is hard. I mean, women give a lot, but whenever they really think about like, how can I help my peers or how can I help someone who's a step behind me in their career and their family um, really, uh, thrive, I think they struggle with that. You get kind of stuck in um, serving those people immediately around you. So we want to make it easy uh, to give women a, a platform to do that. So we invite speakers very regularly to come in and share their stories um, for the purpose of, of just inspiring other women. Uh, and then we invite women in who need to hear those stories and need to be, um, you know, lifted up and encouraged in that way. So 
I am always excited to just give people a platform to do that and a space to do that. Uh, women will contact me with um, a story that they want to share or um, an idea that they have for bringing people together and they need a space and, and that's where we can do that. Awesome. Thank you, Hannah. I, I really appreciate your approach. As a female founder, it's always encouraging to me um, to get your emails during the week. Uh, and I, I think what you said kind of ties back to what Les said in the younger generation is giving back. And I think we're thinking of it differently because we always go to the money. But in giving of your time, that is huge. You know, John, Bob, Andrew, we were just talking about that too, is volunteering. Time is more valuable in some ways than money and giving of your time and helping somebody uh, walk down a road that you've been down, that's a big thing in giving back to your community. I mean that, and it's opening up yourself as well um, to invite somebody into your world. So it's giving in a completely different way, but I think it sometimes even brings more value. Gary, do you have something you want to add to that? You raised your hand. You're doing this, okay. Andrea, go. No. I'll add to Hannah because I'm a member of the treasury, so I see all of that at a different level. And I think what's really unique, I tend to see giving back as funding because that is my primary job. I see everything through that lens of like building relationship and building the annual fund. But what I see at the treasury has been so unique and there are women of a myriad of ages and backgrounds and expertise and everyone comes very open-handed and including Hannah. So what's great about that is it builds women who are building their own businesses are helping other women build businesses who in turn will help more women. And it's been this cascade effect of, you know, you give freely what you have. And in even my personal experience there, people will help. And I have 10, 12 women where I can say, oh, I don't know how to do that, but I know that Mary does. I know that, you know, Tiffany does. And so it just builds on itself and it has this domino effect that is really, really beautiful. And it inspires um, just really an atmosphere of giving back. And so to have that environment where you can come in and everyone is just fully open and said, yes, I want to sell you a service or a product, but also here's what I learned. Don't do what I did because it messed me up for a year. <laughs> it's been extremely wonderful to have that. I'm like starting a level up because of the experience and wisdom of Hannah and all the other women there. And it inspires me to give more of myself to them and to the community. Um, I love that. That's so encouraging to me. Yes, Gary Mize. I actually have something this time. So that's a, it's a really great point. And, and I say this all the time. I don't know that I'm uniquely qualified to do anything, but I know a lot of people who are. And so if you think about duplicating your efforts, that's the way in which you do it, right? And you do that through community. And if you're involved in community, then you know who is good at what. And so I like to think about that in my role as a legislator is I think the most important work that I do is just connecting people to the expert who can, who can help them. Um, so I, I borrow from other people all the time 
uh, and I'm careful to not take any of the credit because generally it's somebody else that's actually doing the helping. Uh, but I just, I like to think I'm just one big conduit trying to help, help people. I like it. I like it. We, I'm stepping out of the chamber world, but we, in the chambering world, we say we're, we're the little Lego that's boring, that's not sexy in any way, but we connect all the cool big Legos. I think I'm just going to bring that into my world and just be that small little Lego, which I'm totally happy to be. It might be gray or white or whatever, but it, it pulls big things together. So that's cool. Thank you. I love yeah. it. All right. So Andrea and John, we're back to you talking about nonprofits. What are some ways that you've seen um, to successfully celebrate um, your corporate sponsors? Andrea, let's start. Okay. Sorry, John. <laughs> oh, John, go. Tag, you're right. Go. No, John. <laughs> so I, I think one of the ways that we celebrate uh, for us at the Food Bank, uh, we are able to do that in, in a lot of the mechanisms everybody's familiar with, and that is via social media and being able to uh, talk about uh, the relationship that's there. Uh, recognizing to the community that many of our goals and aims are shared with our partners. Uh, they were on the, the corporate and the business side. Uh, I think that the biggest thing that whether it be in celebration or in making an ask or in, in talking about the big picture when it comes down to our work uh, as an organization, and that is to make it a relationship. Uh, and in a relationship, how do we act? I don't, I can't be transactional. I need to know and sit down and ask that person, what are the things you want to accomplish with your funds and your resources? And, and how can we accomplish those things together? And so when they're able to invest into something and we are able to talk about the relationship we have there, talk about the value that's been brought because of that, when we're able to, to identify uh, aims and goals that are shared with that partner, I think that is when um, that celebration has meaning and depth. Uh, because it wasn't just about the dollar, it was about the relationship. Uh, this last week was Volunteer Appreciation Week all across the country. It was the weirdest Volunteer Appreciation Week. But I can tell you this much, the relationships that were celebrated the most were, quite honestly, those relationships that started before COVID-19 had even come. And those were where that first phone call didn't start off with, hey, I need $10,000. It started off with, Hey, how are you guys? I bet you're really busy. How can we help? Well, in those moments, we get to then celebrate. Uh, just recently, we know of a, a time where somebody was interested in investing a cooler in, uh, in, in part of our service area. That's huge. Uh, when dollars are donated and we're able to procure that much more food, uh, we're able to just to tell them, hey, guess what? I mean, there was a large church that... Uh, that just yesterday I got to send them a thank you video and the thank you video was a celebration to all of their congregation and just to tell them hey guess what because of your sacrificial giving you allowed us to do this much stuff we get to celebrate together and be an extension as I, I used to say when I was in our volunteer part of the business uh, those volunteers it is our job to create a vehicle for, they, for folks to path, uh, pass it forward. 
uh, if, if we can if we can literally pass it on and be a vehicle for them to do that, we've done our job. So I think celebrating looks like acknowledging the full uh, and the whole part of of their giving, whether it be volunteering or dollars, celebrating it as a partnership and a relationship that isn't one time, it's not transactional. Uh, and so that might look like a media post one day and, and sharing with the community what the value has been brought there. Sometimes that is, it looks like business, that's marketing dollars and celebrating it that way. And sometimes it looks like celebrating our goals together. How many people did we touch? What did that look like? And to that business and to the community surrounding them, it allows them to understand that we are celebrating this together. Uh, in a very practical sense, I want to end my comment uh, on this. In a very, very practical sense, there is a celebration that acknowledges um, that acknowledges dollars that are invested that helps produce more traffic for their business. And that's a part of it, right? Because this says to uh, the community, if you get the chance to do business with company A, or company B, and company B is investing in things that people care about, in causes that they care about, that's a win-win relationship. So we believe in win-win-win relationships, a win for that donor, a win for the food bank so we can pay the bills, keep the lights on, keep staff paid, and we've most importantly, a win for our Oklahomans, our neighbors who are struggling. That win-win-win solution is worth celebrating in its totality, and we try to do that in all the ways possible. Well, you're speaking Hetty's language when you say win a lot. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Oh, Andrea. Um, I think it's important to remember that nonprofits don't get funding from businesses. It's people that give to people. Mm -hmm. And the nonprofit is just the conduit by which that happens, right? So in all of our recognition and all of our communication before we even ask for money or receive a gift, it's all about people and keeping that at the forefront of everything that we communicate and that we do is really important because it's so easy to slip into just these rote tasks. It's like, okay, I have to send a thank you letter and a thank you card and it becomes a plan, which is good. You should have a plan, but it becomes something you cross off instead of a relationship like John said that you're cultivating and anybody in fundraising will tell you that um, it's a long game. You don't, meet someone today and ask them for money tomorrow, generally speaking. It's, it's a cultivation of relationship, um, shared meals, shared interests. I mean, it is a partnership. And so I think there's a lot of ways you can do that and to say thank you and to recognize people. But I think no matter what you do, you keep the relationship at the front of it. You keep at the, at the head of this, you have to remember it's people that we're talking to. And, you know, if they are bought into our mission and our vision, especially at a high level, their heart is in it. And so it's not a check for them. And it's not just a check for me. I mean, this is my livelihood. I have given my life to promote this mission. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's way beyond just how can I write this note to say it the right way or do whatever. And a lot of companies over the past several years have drifted away. You, you don't buy trophies and plaques and all that junk anymore. You want to acknowledge 
each person in a way that's special to them. And so you know how to do that because you've built relationships. So I'm going to thank um, one donor very differently than someone else. Um, so we've done everything from appreciation events. We always send cards, letters, and things like that. But how can you, I, I think to personalize it, how, what kind of communication or thank you would make my day? And I always filter it through that. I love to send cards. Me and Hetty are like always playing tag with sending cards back and forth. See who can outdo each other. I think <laughs> it's a fun thing. And so I think, A, what would I like to receive? How, what would make my day? What would be special or different? And then, um, you know, just be creative. Get weird with it. I put confetti in some cards. I mean, just what can you do that no one else is doing? That seems to be my secret sauce. So like people don't call anymore. They don't send letters. They don't send cards. So those are the things that I do because it makes me stand out and it helps build a relationship that's memorable uh, that a lot of people just don't want to do the extra work for. And so, yeah, I say everything John said, plus, you know, three other things. <laughs> and I think Andrea's point on making it memorable for the person is the substance of relationship. It's communicating in such a way that they, they get me. They know me. Uh, and they, they care about what I care about. Uh, you know, and, and I think that's, that's really oftentimes, I'm going to just say something that's terrible, but it's true. Oftentimes, there's some folks in uh, the helping space that believes we should operate out of a sense of guilt. Um, uh, and that, that people who are in, in, in uh, individuals or businesses, they owe it to the community. They better give back. You already made some, like, you know, there's, there's almost a, a sense of antagonism that can come up there. And I think when you see a person, it's hard to pigeonhole them and be like, you know, the best way for me to get you to buy into my mission is to make you feel awful. Like, I think we have to be willing to tell the truth about the problems. We have to not hold back in a relationship. We, we got to be honest. But golly, man, when you communicate, doing that in a way that is specific to them and celebrating it to them, it's the mother relationship. Gary, you have something to say. Yeah, go. Well, now, now that I listen to you, I forgot. What, oh, yeah. So <laughs> you mentioned the confetti. So it got me thinking about <laughs> <laughs> I got asked to be on this uh, advisory board to, to help spur Oklahoma to greatness. And I'm still wondering why they asked me, but um, we've been talking about value. And because if you look at Oklahoma, we have oil and natural gas and commodities, but how do we create value in those commodities as we bring them then to the marketplace? So what Andrea was talking about, when you said confetti, I heard value. That is creating value in that note, that card, and that's the differentiator in my mind, right? Because I can send a card and a number of people do still send cards. I know Hetty does, although he's never sent me one. Um, I never got a card, Hetty. I'm upset. Andrea. Uh, did I say that out loud? I, that no, was supposed no. to say in here. Uh, but you've created value, you've made that experience unique, you've differentiated, and, and people, people are looking for that, I think, in, regardless of what it is. They're looking for value. And 
and money follows that. And also, John, Bob, you, you've mentioned several times, I've heard you say, um, whether you actually use the word or, or talk about, uh, talked about it in a roundabout way, you've talked a lot about vision, uh, casting vision, and then helping other people craft what it is that you know they envision. So I'm getting involved, but why am I getting involved? You said it. We asked them, what would you like to see, you know, with, with your investment here? And, and that's a big deal because it creates transparency and accountability and, and vision. And that's a big, big piece of what leadership really is. Well, I think to that point, uh, stewardship is a word, is one of our core values. And stewardship of the donor uh, is essential. Stewardship of the employee, stewardship of the mission. Uh, and how do you how do you have stewardship in a way that reflects uh, the vision is not going to be possible if we don't steward it well? Uh, that we we can't we can't do this work without paying employees well and stewarding them well. We cannot uh, accomplish our mission by doing it effectively and well without stewarding that mission and that vision. So yeah. Anyways, Les, did you have something to go? Yeah, um, to add to that is like uh, we, at Youth for Christ, we make sure that we steward the relationships. And so like we're very intentional. Um, and so, um, you know, we make sure that we call them every quarter. We make sure we call them whenever. If something's going on in their life, we ask them personal questions. How can I pray for you? Or what's going on? And so if they tell you that, hey, my daughter is taking BT next month, what I do is I write that down. Uh, on a notepad and I make sure that I, I follow up with them the next month saying, hey, how did your daughter do on the ACT? And so it's about being intentional. We call it donor care. It's about caring about the individual. Uh, Andrea kind of talked about that. It's caring about the individual, individual more outside of money, outside of what they could do for you. It's like, how can I serve you? And so we take down those notes on birthday or on Christmas. We might get a lot of beef jerky. You know, this past Christmas, we got tons of beef jerky and we did the the uh, the hand the handwritten notes yeah. and we walked yeah. it to them. We could have mailed it to them, but we didn't. We got in our car, we split everything up and we went to the donors and we handed it to them with a smile uh, saying thank you. One time, one time we had little Mike and Funny Bone come do some some Christmas wraps while we was walking out going to the donors. It was pretty funny, but at the same time, they just really appreciated like, okay, you're busy like me, but you're taking time out of your life to come make me smile, you know? So it's those type of things. And the other thing real quick to celebrate them too, is we um, we do a thing called come and see. So if you're giving your money, we want you to know that this is an investment for you. And so we want you to see where your money is going. So we ask them to come to the campuses and see what's going on, see the impact that you're helping us have in the community with your dollars. Nice. Okay, I love that every one of you said people, that it's about the people. That to me is huge because when you feel like you matter, uh, every one of you said this, when you feel like you matter, it makes you want to be a part of things. It makes you want to help on things. Andrea put in the notes, I don't know if you, everybody could see the notes, but she said to use big confetti, not small, because nobody wants to pick up that mess, right? <laughs> right. And, and we learned that Gary likes beef jerky. So if you get a big influx of beef jerky, Les, you know. 
Our, our next question, I'm going to uh, shoot to uh, Hannah and Les. So tell me about um, how you see doing good builds community. So when you see individuals or businesses or organizations doing good, how do you think that helps people come together and build community? Hannah, let's start with you. So a lot of times people, I mean, I think community can be an overused word. You know, everything isn't a community. Um, but I, for us, um, I tell people that, like, basically, if you have ever struggled through something, figuring something out on your own, you could build community around it. Um, so we, I, I think that whenever you lead the way and saying, I'm going to do that. I'm going to use my time and energy in this way. Um, it has a ripple effect. We feel very strongly about doing this for women because um, women have their own little communities at home. You know, um, they take care of their parents, they take care of their kids, they take care of other people. Um, and if we can, if we can build a community that will help support them, then they can help other people. That's great. You're building your community right there. I see part of your community. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Les, you want to go? You want to talk? Um, I, I think uh, part of it is like being the example, showing what community really is and seeing, uh, letting other people see that and connecting other communities with other communities. And one of the biggest words that, you know, Katie talks about is love and go win, you know. Um, mm -hmm. I like to consider myself a hype man, you know. So if I walk in with love and I walk in with smile, people are like, well, what community is he part of? Or if I meet someone, I'm saying, what community are they part of? Are, are they a part of? And so community wins. Together we all win, right? And so if, if I come in and I have, an, I have a mentality of I'm not going to judge the way your community is, and I hope that you don't judge the way my community is. We can come together despite, it doesn't matter if we agree on everything or not. One thing we can agree on is love. We can agree, agree on unity. We can agree on peace and agree that we all need community, right? And so um, as, if I can lead by example and show that I, I'm part of a, not a perfect, but a healthy community, uh, hopefully that will help the communities connect. There's no such thing as a perfect community, right? Right. right. We're all broken in some way, and that's okay. That means we need each other. We can work together. <laughs> so, Gary, tell us a story about um, how you've seen good happen in your community and the difference that it's made. Hannah, I want to loop you in on this one, too, if you have some thoughts of something specific of something that you've seen. Go ahead. Hannah, would, Hannah, would you like to go first? Ladies first. Okay, just making sure. I don't want to be. I don't want to be seen as rude. I'm in a campaign. People could use that against me. <laughs> it's well, like <laughs> I, uh, you know, with with Guthrie, there's there's things happening all the time. But when I saw that question, I, I immediately thought about last year, and the community was struck with with some tragedy. Um, specifically around fire and there was some loss of life and loss of businesses and um, those are terrible things um, and tough to make it through so if you don't have community 
it's even tougher. Um, but in thinking about an event, well, two events. So there was, there was loss of life with, with one family and, and, um, but it was really neat to be a part of the celebration of those lives and to see the community come together with the faith-based community and, and really support those individuals, uh, during a really tough time. Um, that's a really special thing to see. And, uh, with the loss of businesses, uh, in downtown Guthrie, the, the big concert and benefit that was put on, um, several months later to help um, whether you, whether you, you know, whether you are a music fan or that genre of music to say, Hey, we recognize what you've done in this community over a period of years and we appreciate you. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for doing what you do. Um, that's a, that's a really big deal. Those were, um, both very neat events to be a part of. I was glad to participate and support and, um, that's those are that's an example uh, of good um, coming coming out of bad situations, and I look at that as a sign of a healthy community because those things could have still happened and the community could have done absolutely nothing, um, but that's that's not what we saw, and, and in my in my opinion, that's that's a sign of a healthy community. Absolutely, I mean we. I love it when you, again, like we talked about the Oklahoma standard, we always step in, you know, and step up and do things like that. Not a reaction to a, a, a bad situation or just something that you see. I know that you work with a lot of individual women. And so sometimes I think as women, we don't think like we're able to give back because like you said, we're taking care of our families or taking care of our people. And so we um, devalue what, we're doing and I love how you bring value to women and what they're able to do and how it's a much bigger deal than what they would think so what do you what do you think um, I think I mean I, I see it all the time whenever I ask women to um, speak they all say like Oh, who me? Uh, why? Why? <laughs> um, so I see them giving back in a variety of ways, but but most specifically, I would say in the past six weeks, um, a lot of the people we serve are are business owners, whether they lead a team or they're um, you know a company of one. They've been very confused and overwhelmed over these past six weeks, and to see everybody stepping up to help each other to say like, here's the name of my banker and they can help you really quickly. Or, um, here's what I think that you should do. I mean, I almost immediately, um, reached out to just a handful of women who maybe weren't even necessarily directly in our community, but women who had been running businesses for a long time who had seen recession before. Um, and they had a lot of stuff going on and they just immediately emailed back. Here's my advice. Here are my thoughts. Here's my perspective. Please share this with your community. Um, and so that just makes a tremendous difference. One of our exchange speakers, uh, Jean Hopper, uh, 
one of the first things she did. And, and I mean, she, she consults million dollar companies for a living. So I knew she was really busy, but one of the first things she did was reach out to me to say, how can I help your ladies? Um, and gave them anybody who needed it, you know, free consults, um, just getting her entire team organized and on zoom calls, the people with, you know, 30 years of experience and all of us are one year in trying to figure out what's going on. Um, so I, it's just been incredible to see, especially going into a business where a lot of people ask me at first, are you sure you want to do only women and are, how are you going to, women are very catty and competitive. How are you going to get them to help each other? Um, and it's just been so funny. I've not once seen, um, anyone in our community have any kind of issue with that everybody just loves to help each other okay i love that i love that and i love that you talk about how women say why me what me what do i have to give back but it's the little things that we don't think we think that they're little but they're not you know they're huge the women who've been in business for 30 years you're taking five minutes to give advice to this young female founder. That's a huge thing. That's a huge thing. So I love that. Okay. We've got just a few minutes left. I've got one question for you, but I want to give time for everybody to give a 30 second, uh, as Hetty would say, go in message at the end. So last, last question, talk about how a business has impacted um, what you're able to do by supporting you. You're muted. <laughs> okay, so we, we know the number one thing is is resources, money. So I'm going to put that to the side. We know we need money to run nonprofits. So that's a given. Um, but how we've been impacted, can I say the company's name? Is, it, is that okay? Sure. Okay, so um, Kim Ray. Kim Ray is a, is a great example of being pillars mm -hmm. in the community. And now this is not a, this is not a paid... Uh, nope, information. They don't even know I'm saying anything, right? Okay. So the thing with, with Kim Ray is they support us financially big time, but they also, uh, they're boots on the ground as well. And what I mean by boots on the ground is they've impacted us by also getting in the trenches and helping. Whenever we have an event, Kim Ray is there. I know, I know a lot of banquets I go to, Kim Ray has a table up front because they're supporting so many people in the city. But for instance, um, before um, coronavirus, uh, we were planning, they, were, they had raised some money, got volunteers, and we were going to impact six campuses um, the Saturday after uh, spring break. We were going to beautify the campus. We, went, we got with the principals and said, whatever needs to happen at the school, we'll be there to help. So we had, they committed, they, Kim Ray put this together, not even us. They committed to have volunteers and to give six hours to each each campus that we serve at. And so that's like boost on the ground. That's money is huge. Money is huge. But when you say, you know what, I'm going to come and physically and emotionally impact the community as well. That's a big deal. So Kim Ray has really been um, huge for us. Um, they invite us. In fact, this is the last thing I'll say this. Once a month, they, they have training on their campus for those that's um, – um, interested in serving in the community and helping. Now, did you hear what I just said? Like they have training. And so we go to that training, they invite us, we go to the training with them. 
And so that's one way that um, a business has impacted us outside of finances, where they're saying, not only do we want to give you our money, but we, are, we also want to give you one of our most cherished things that we have, and that's time. So that's the one way we've been impacted. I love that. That's buy-in. You know, they fully bought into what you're doing. They're not just writing a check and walking away. They're, they're involved. That's awesome. All right, I want to give everybody 30 seconds to go around. Give us your community-minded go win. Andrea, yay, with confetti. Um, closing statement. Hannah, let's start with you. Um, sorry, can you still see me? I'm having technical difficulties. You're good. Um, oh, my. Do you want me to yeah. come back to you? Yes, come back. Okay, I'll come back. Okay, Andrea, you go. I knew you were going to pick me. <laughs> You're the young girl. Yay! I'm going to pass to Hetty so she, he can show us how it's done and we can all copy paste. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so. Uh, community-minded, go in. What does that look like? I would say continue to share your story. Continue to share uh, the resources that have allowed for you to be successful. And I would say continue to connect with as many people as you possibly can. And in that, like Gary said, I think one of the greatest things we can do is connect uh, one another to each other in a way that we see allows for the best wins possible. There you go. Awesome. Gary, you're next. I would say love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. And um, if if we do those two things, the, the book that I read tells me that the rest of it will work out. But um, what's important to take away from that is, is I'm loving my neighbor as I love myself, right? I mean, not to get too philosophical, but sometimes I get concerned that people don't love themselves as is evidenced by their lack of love for the neighbor. Um, so just, you know, be kind, love, love on people. It doesn't matter. You laugh and that's a good, it's funny. And, uh, it doesn't matter what color they are. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what their job is. We are not called to discern from it. Just love them. It makes it real simple from a not so smart guy from Guthrie. That makes it real easy for me. And, uh, and I screw that up sometimes too. So um, that was more than 30 seconds, but I would, I would say that and, and never underestimate what you offer, right? Cause it takes all of us doing our part in community. And if, if we're doing that, then, then it all, it all works out. So don't underestimate what you are uniquely qualified to do. Awesome. Thank you, Gary. That's awesome. All right, Les, you go. Well, let me say this. The only reason I was laughing was because what Hetty typed over in the comments. You have to go look at it. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> so this is what I would say. I would say what the world needs and what, they, what everyone needs is hope. It's something you can bring to the table like nobody else. Um, I do this thing called One Minute or Less. I'm gonna tell you real quick. Chick-fil-A, a thousand places got Chick-fil-A, right? Like chicken, chicken is chicken, it's everywhere. But the thing is, is that, is it the chicken or is it house being served? And so my thing is that we all have something, it's not just your gift and your talent, but it's how are you giving it to people? 
what sets Chick-fil-A apart from everyone else is the way that they serve, my pleasure. So my thing is if we have a mindset of it's not just giving and just it's not not like bucket plunking, uh, you know, just throwing money in the offering plate. It's like giving from a, a perspective of, you know what, I want to help people. I want to give you my time. I love you. I'm going to smile when I come in contact with you. As you can tell, Hedy is one of my mentors, you know, just I love, we like to smile. So my thing is just that right there. It's not so much about what you have to give. It's how you give it. I love it. That's awesome. That's great. Hannah, you ready to go? No, Juniper, Juniper. Yeah, says, I'm ready. No, that you, this is real. I love it. It's real life. You do. Everybody needs to be asleep. Um, what everyone else said, ditto. Um, and ask other people to, um, to do the same. Uh, Gary, just to piggyback on what you were saying, um, all of that's important and sometimes all it takes is just prompting somebody else to kind of follow suit. Um, you know, you're leading the way and being generous and being vulnerable and being all those things, but sometimes people need a direct ask to, um, to really step up and live that out too. Awesome. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you. Thank you, Juniper. John, Bob's, what you got? So uh, uh, let me see if I can just like assess what y'all were sharing here at the end. Uh, if you would like to lead me in, Tracy, uh, I would. Yeah, I'm sorry, you, you, your, your Wi-Fi's, your Wi-Fi's were not cooperating. We're there doing, you go. There you go. We're giving your 30 seconds. You know what? For those of you who love the home that you have, the only way it's sustained is if you truly have ownership in it, that you love it and you invest in it. This is the soil that we all got to grow in. And uh, that means that we, it has a place for all of us to play a part. Uh, I think that's huge. Uh, it, my, my community minded go in uh, ends with the fact that um, I need you. Uh, whenever I, uh, when I, when I speak to uh, youth and young professionals, I remind them like, listen, I need you. Not necessarily I need you to work at the food bank. I don't necessarily need you uh, to, um, to have the same passion I have, but I need you to play your part in this community. Invest in this soil so we can all grow. That means you can't let other people not be seen. We can't allow ourselves to be selfish. Why? Because we need each other. Uh, so yeah, you can do this because we need you and you need us. So we got you. We love you. Oh, I love that. Inspiring others. We need, we need each other. We can't do it alone, right? Can't do it alone. I love it. All right. It's very appropriate, Andrea, that we are ending with you because you are a yay girl. Give us a yay. Moment. I want to say, especially to the women on the call, A, you deserve what you need. Ask for it. Ask for what you need in your community. Ask from other people what you need to learn from them. Ask from companies and business leaders. Ask for it, and you'll be amazed at what you receive. Um, and also, keep in mind, hold on to the, the, the idea that everyone you meet has something to give and something to learn. You have something to give to me, and I have something uh, 
to give to you. You have something to learn from me and I can learn something from you. So um, especially in the middle of every weird day that is almost exactly the same and all you do is look at a screen, remember there is a yay in your day. You just, the adventure is getting to find where it is and what it is. And also I would love for you to listen to my podcast and we'll talk more about it. Okay. I would, I would love for everybody to listen to your podcast too. Everybody, you need, you need a yay in your day. Go find Andrea for sure. Well, thank you, panelists. Thank you, attendees. We really appreciate you taking some time to spend with us today. We're going to do more of these made possible by uh, webinars because we want to share good. We always want to share good. We need to hear about good. So stay tuned. We want to follow all of these humans. They're doing amazing things in their communities. So we've got their social media linked here. Um, but if you have any questions, any way that any of us could reach out and help you, we would be more than happy to do that. So reach out to us on social media or on madepossibleby.com or madepossibleby.us. We're happy to help you out. Go win, guys.